when I was in high school, I think I had seen a couple of productions of Shakespeare plays and probably read Hamlet or Macbeth or Macbeth and Julius Caesar. But my daughter, Daisy Titchener, in her senior year of high school, did two of Shakespeare's greatest comedies back to back, Much Ado About Nothing and Twelfth Night. At the same time. Oh, I didn't understand that part. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 646, High School Bard. What sort of words are you not? Are you guys not allowed to say? The F word? Yes, you're totally not allowed to say the F word. There is a word that starts with F and ends in U-C-K. What word is that? Fire truck. That's right. That's right. So you could say fire truck. Now, how would you use that? How would you use that in a sentence? Like if you were in England and you were really hungry, what would you say? Daddy, I'm fire trucking hungry. Long-time listeners may remember that exchange about swear words with my then six-year-old daughter, Daisy, which appeared way back on episode eight. Well, Daisy is now a college freshman at the University of Southern California, where I'm happy to report that both she and her parents remain unindicted at this hour. But more importantly, Daisy had a wonderfully Shakespearean senior year in high school, and I wanted to talk to her about how and why that came about. Daisy was lucky enough to go to Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire, and we started by talking about how these Shakespearean opportunities began. At Exeter, um, I was lucky enough to get involved with Dramat right, right, right off the bat. And the Dramat is what? The club, basically. Dramat is like the theater society, the theater club that's student-run, student-directed, student-produced, student-acted. Right. Um, and they do eight to ten shows a term, which meant I got to do shows on shows on shows. But the Dramat tradition is that every year they do, do a, a, they spend two terms working on a Shakespeare show. So my sophomore year, I stage managed Macbeth. My up junior year, upper year, I was Helena in Midsummer, a Midsummer Night's Dream. And then senior year, it was my turn, and I directed Twelfth Night. And that year, the main stage, the final main stage in Fisher Theater before they tore it down, they decided to do Much Ado About Nothing. Um, and I was Beatrice in that. So I got to do... I got to direct Twelfth Night and star in Much Ado uh, contemporaneously. Is that when two things happen at the same time? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure. Well, that was me then. Were you just interested in Shakespeare because it's sort of the family business a little bit, or had you discovered it on your own and gone, oh my gosh, this is awesome? Um, well, yeah, uh, I like to think everything good about me comes directly from my family and that I have no agency in my life at all. Your father particularly. Right. Okay. Thank you for that addition. Um, no, I I don't know, I guess I always liked Shakespeare plays probably because I, I could understand them because I 
grown up watching uh, the Purdue Shakespeare Company um, and with pretentious parents and a pretentious family. Um, so I guess I enjoyed them more because I, I got I got them and then I don't know it just kind of I mean I, I didn't really know I don't think I could have told you I'd be at a school where every year they do a Shakespeare show right. and that eventually I'd be directing that show but well and you, did, did, am I right that the, the, your first crack at this was stage managing a production of the Scottish play did that right. did that sort of you know ignite a flame wet your whistle to kind of get in there and 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 direct and act. Well, what that what that did do was I got to work under Ruby. I can't I can't remember going to try to pronounce her last name, but she's awesome. She went to Wesleyan, but she was this incredible director. And the, then the the lead in that show and the other people in that show were all just so good. And the way Ruby led rehearsals and the how she just she that whole show was her entirely her show. She had her hand on every single part of it, and she was just she was incredible and kind of like the dramat icon for me. Ruby was also like just a boss, just this woman who knew exactly what she wanted and controlled the room and earned respect but wasn't a dick and I I loved it. I loved the way that she talked to her cast, the way that she stayed true to her vision, the way she you know call out other people's bullshit. I just really respected her and so eventually the next year um, I acted in the show, which was amazing. Helena. The show. It was Helena. And I got to do it with all my friends, too. So that just made it a total blast. And is, there, is there a sense of accomplishment doing Midsummer Night's Dream or doing any of Shakespeare's plays that maybe you don't get working on other scripts? Well, I do think, although it's pretentious, I, I just think Shakespeare is, is quite something. And, uh, <laughs> pretentious or just... Science. Right, right. I mean, I think I'm not the first person to say this, but Shakespeare might be onto something. Um, no, I just think those shows and the words in those shows are uh, so good. They're just so good. And I, my senior fall, I spent the, the first term of senior year in Stratford, England. In England. The one upon Avon. Right. Upon yeah. Avon, um, doing a, a program through Exeter that was essentially an English slash theater program with the head of the theater department at Exeter, Robert Richards, um, and then also friend of the podcast, <laughs> friend of the, the the pod. Is that what they say? Friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, actually, most of the most of the dramat directors of Shel of Shakespeare shows go to Stratford their fall term and learn about. There's we have a brilliant lecturer. Thomas, who just is a wealth of Shakespeare knowledge. I'm pretty sure he has every single Shakespeare show memorized and can just pull out monologues on a whim. But so we, I wanted to do a show that we saw performed and that we learned about. Um, and the Shakespeare in England was unreal. It was just so incredible and just the way Shakespeare is meant to be performed. We saw a um, 
We saw a Much Ado at the Globe set in the Mexican Revolution. It was incredible. It was like every single beat, every single line was justified and explained and made the most sense I've seen it made ever. Uh -huh. um, and so, I mean, that was that was incredible. Well, I want to get I want to get back to that because then you had a chance to play Beatrice, you know, a couple months later. But after that, um, but getting back, so so you were in Stratford and you saw every show that the RSC was putting on that, that fall. We could. That, right. That you could that fall. It was the Rome season. The Rome season. So you saw Coriolanus and you saw D Queen Dido. Uh, yeah, we saw Dido, Dido, which is not Shakespeare. No, but it, yes. Right. We saw um, Julius Caesar, Antony and Cleopatra. We missed Titus Andronicus by a day. And we saw Coriolanus. But you also went down to London, to the right. Globe, and to the National Theatre as well? We saw, we actually saw in Bath, at the theatre in Bath, we saw uh, People, Places and Things, which went on to win a bunch of awards. It was incredible. That was at the Theatre Royal in Bath? Yes. I yes, played there. You've played there. Oh, <laughs> Did they have my poster still up in the lobby? No. What? And so weird, I asked around and no one had heard of you. Really? Yeah. Um, no, but that was really amazing. So a couple months later, when you got to play Beatrice yeah. back at Exeter, what were you able to bring from your experiences seeing it in London? I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, I... Uh, Beatrice had always felt like uh, the dream role, like, ugh, if I could just play Beatrice. And Why? So I personally think she's one of the best female characters ever written. Maybe it's just because I connect with her as, like, a lonely person who just makes jokes to compensate for their <laughs> intense lack of belonging. Um... But and, you, and also, similarly, you do not suffer fools. No, right, I suffer no fools, and uh, I was I'm I was born of all mirth, no matter. Wow, I can't. <laughs> but minute it, the minute it closed, I can't remember any of the lines. But um, well, actually, my senior quote is. Um, was from Much Ado, and we had to decide those before we, I even knew they were doing Much Ado at Exeter. And it was, no, sure, my lord, my mother cried, but then there was a star danced, and under that was I born. Which is not how I said it in the show, but... Um, but I just, I loved this idea of a, a character who is allowed to be hilarious and rude and extremely flawed and all mirth no matter but also full of matter and full of substance and um, and and happy to say that to anyone who asks just no 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 my mom cried yeah yeah I tore open her <laughs> Bad day, <laughs> but but still like here like yeah, I just, I thought that was cool. Um, what did I bring from Stratford? I felt like what I brought was more pressure upon myself because I'd seen the the perfect production of Much Ado, yeah. and so after the show and during the show, all that mattered to me was what the people who had been in Stratford thought. So luckily I was in it with a couple people from Stratford, and so we all kind of got to play with the things that we'd seen and, and go, oh, this was how they did it in Stratford. That was amazing. Like, I would love if we could make that theme work as well as they made it work. Um, but after the show, it was just like, okay, what did you think? Like, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I'd made the, the Stratford people proud. 
Hi, I'm Shannon Cochran, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged, revised, continues this week with performances in Effingham, Illinois. Then we spend all of next week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia, followed by performances this summer in Meridian, Mississippi, Lakeside, Ohio, and Lake Placid, New York. You can also see the non-RSC workshop production of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, at Napa Valley College in Napa, California, which opens this Friday on May 3rd, 2019, and runs the first three weekends in May. Go to NapaValleyTheater.org for tickets and showtimes. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with my daughter, Daisy Titchener, talking about the inspiration and challenges of doing Twelfth Night and Much Ado About Nothing at the same time while in high school, and how these student theater organizations give opportunities to different kinds of theater kids. So you're playing Beatrice in Much Ado About Nothing, but then at the same time you decide for the Dramat Society to direct Twelfth Night. Let's get, the, uh, let's get the timeline straight. Okay. Dramat does a Shakespeare show every year. Yeah. And I, over the summer, decided I would either be directing Twelfth Night or Much Ado because we were seeing both of those in Strat right. Stratford slash London. Uh, when we were there, I decided to direct Twelfth Night partially because I just didn't want to touch Much Ado because I was like, there's no way I can do this play justice. Uh-huh. As a director. Also as an actor, I was, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, if my preference would would have been not to perform it in high school and wait till I was a little... No reason you can't do it again. Right. But my preference, yeah, so I was basically... The, no, I was nervous to touch that play because I think it's it's my favorite and it's many people's favorites. And why did you pick Twelfth Night? Um, we wanted it, there was a there's a loose rule that's not being followed anymore of a tragedy comedy tragedy comedy. Um, I guess and no screw the history. Histories, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, a big part was I wanted to do a show that had really good women in it because we had really good women and I the women the girls at Exeter all know how many times they've been screwed over because there's only so many women's parts for women in a show. Um, I wanted to do a show that had strong, funny, uh, flawed women in it. And well, Twelfth Night's full of them. Twelfth Night's full of them, and I had... And you changed some of the roles. Right, well, my Fabian became a Fabia, and Fabia, incredible girl played Fabia. Shout out. Your Feste was a woman. My Feste was incredible. Jillian, yeah. hoping she comes to USC and casts me in her films. Oh, nice. Um, but she, yeah, she was, inc- I mean, she, Jillian is another kind of person who is just funny. Yeah. Doesn't even have to try and is funny and is charming. And so I, we, I, I mean, it, it still baffles me that some people cut Feste because I think it's just such an incredible role yeah. if it's played smart, if it's not just cast aside as the fool. Right. If, if we some... saw Lear in, at the Globe. Yeah. So we'd kind of 
tipped our toes in the fool's water. Into the fool territory. Um, but the other thing that was great about, and I wish I had seen, I mean, I saw the Much Ado, and, and you were fantastic, and, 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 and I didn't get to see the Twelfth Night except on video, uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> which is never the ideal way. But you could see so much. And what was other, what, what else was notable about your Twelfth Night is that we're, there were kids in the shows who don't usually do the shows. And I think this is one of the strengths of the Dramat, yeah. right? Is that the schedules, and I gave a speech at Exeter several yeah. years ago, and I said, I was advocating this idea that everybody needs to be in a play. Yeah. Everybody needs to be in a play. And, and, and Exeter, like many high schools, has such strict scheduling yeah. that not, for instance, the athletes can't do a play. Right. Or the, jo the, the actors who are interested in sports can't do right. both. And, the, and Exeter is great because they give they give you the slot in your day to do two hours of the play yeah. if, you, if that's what you sign up for but yeah. if you that's what you're, you're doing for the right. term so you can't do cross country right. football soccer volleyball anything else so dramat is pure I mean one of the miseries is that we prompt like we set out to schedule around our actors right. which makes it really hard but it means that you get incredible actors who just don't get to do that but for instance the guy who played your Sebastian yes. is a football player was he he was a football player he was a, a postgraduate who wanted to do theater he was in uh, my the same year I did 12th night another student <laughs> I mean this is just like the extent to which the people who really love theater ex at Exeter make it work is the girl who played my Olivia directed and starred in Heather's our senior year and Samson was the male lead in that show wow. um, and then he was Sebastian in my show partially mostly because he had lo like extremely long hair of course his name was Samson like, just like my Viola that's the value of having a, 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 a dramatic clubs theater society in a high school where the faculty directed productions are so rigid in their schedule am I right so everybody can do a play. Yes. So and now you're studying theater at USC. Have have your mother and I taught you nothing? <laughs> yes. No, I mean I Quin Quincy and I always talk about this that what's most impressive, well, not to be rude, but what's most impressive about you and mom is this community you have. Like just today walking around LA, we've run into like what, two or three people we know. Yeah. It's just this community of really interesting, funny, kind, cool people, and I think Quincy and I are both like, how do we? We want that. Like, how do we get that? And I've always found that, like, the theater people are the ones who are the really interesting, cool, funny people. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your back-to-back -back Shakespeare projects via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to strong, powerful, flawed Shakespeare heroine Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out 
out this week goes to Jim Konst. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Obie-winning actress Shannon Cochran, who was in the world premieres of Bug and A Doll's House Part 2, the national tour of August Osage County, and just got a fantastic gig in a long-running Broadway smash that I'm not allowed to tell you about. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 646-1938ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. What throws me is your uh, podcast voice. That's just my voice. It's, it's it, a little. It's a little on. It's a little more uh, purposeful. Looks <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long conversation. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less.